You're listening to episode 137 of the God-Centered Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with singer, parody writer, author, mom, Jordan Watts. And I I did a uh, survey a few months ago of about 300 women, moms, they were all moms. And yeah, and, and one of the first questions was, how do you basically, how do you feel like you're doing in life as a mom in comparison to all the other moms around you, all the other Christian moms, and this was for believing moms, um, 2% of 300 women said they felt like they were doing as good of a job or better than their peers. That means 98% of the moms felt like they were subpar. And when they looked around them, they thought, man, I'm not doing as good of a job as whatever. Meanwhile, that person's looking and thinking the same thing about her, right? It's just this this veil that we hide behind, like, I don't want to put my ugly out there because everybody else seems to have it together. But at the end of the day, God doesn't need our perfection. But I think as moms, um, for me, bringing this back to kind of that idea of the heavy loads, the burdens, and the fact that God says there's a different way to live. You know, you can live in bondage to these things, to this sense of um, perceived control, or you can walk in freedom and let me be in control. Again, it's a choice, and he he holds it there available to us, but he's not going to force our hand. You know what's crazy is that statistic isn't hard to believe. I I mean, 98% of us believe that the mom next to us is doing a better job, that we get stuck in this place of failure so easily, and that we carry so many burdens we don't need to carry. Well, a couple of things that are going to help with that today. One... I think we believe these lies that we're not doing enough, that we aren't as good as the mom next to us because we go into isolation. I mean, think about it. If I am by myself, I can easily believe the lie that I'm not doing a great job. But if I'm with you, I can say I'm really struggling in this. And you can say, oh, me too. That's normal. And the thing that is hard for us, it's not because we're not doing it right. It's because that is inherently a hard part of being a mom. We forget to get together with our girlfriends. And so I'm hoping these GCM podcast clubs are going to help with that. If you haven't gotten to listen to the bonus episode I released last week, go hear my friend Carla's story of how she started her group. I totally get that this isn't easy. You're being really brave to ask other women to meet with you. You're being really creative in how you meet, where you meet, when you meet. And then I hope you just go to godcentermom.com backslash podcast club, put in your email address, and I will help you with the rest with the content, the episodes, the discussion questions that Carla put together, all available to you. I just want you to be together so you do not mom alone. And the second way to help you release this burden of not doing as well as the mom next to you is my guest today, Jordan Watts. She is bringing a message of freedom and joy. She's going to help us believe God's unconditional love, even if it wasn't modeled for you here on earth. We're going to talk about control issues and this burden we carry to love our children to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can let pride sneak into my motherhood. I heard a great definition in a sermon today that pride is by me, for me. So my motherhood is by me and that I'm shaping my children, or I think that I am. And for me, so that I look good, two lies I believe in that are one, I am God and I am in control, and two, that my children's outcome determines my worth. Now, lastly, the (laughs) episode is a little bit longer because I could not cut out the 10 minutes we talk at the end about Jordan's infamous Chick-fil-A poop story. I had no idea (laughs) the, uh, where it went, like... I've seen poop all over a bathroom before. I've had to clean up messes. But what happened to Jordan is unbelievable. You just have to hear it and laugh with us. Feel free to laugh. But before we get to all that, let's give a shout out to this week's sponsor, Jelly Telly. If you're looking for a fun way to help your kids learn about Jesus, then you need to check out the Jelly Telly app. You can stream new and classic Christian shows for your kids. You can search by age. You can search by type of show. My boys love the five-minute clinics for sports. My little one loves the little preschool shows that are available. Such a variety. Watch together or just feel great handing your phone to your kids, knowing they'll be watching safe shows that all point back 
to God. It's easy to watch on your phone, tablet, computer, TV with iOS, Android, and Kindle apps. Plus, they have a new Roku channel you need to check out. So if you want a free month of Jelly Telly, go to GodCenterMom.com backslash Jelly Telly. And don't forget the coupon code GodCentered, all caps. And you get unlimited streaming of your family's favorite Christian videos and movies. All right. Check it out. Let's get on to our conversation with Jordan. Here we go. Hey, Jordan. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Okay. Tell me a joke. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. You want to hear my, fa- you want to hear my favorite joke from when no, I was yeah, a child? Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. Okay. It's, it's disturbing. People, uh, nobody's going to even hear anything else I say after this because they're going to think this lady's crazy, which Please. I am. You are. Uh, my favorite joke when I was a kid was, how do you make a clown stop laughing? No idea. Yeah, you hit him in the face with a baseball bat. What? With all the right. clown stuff in the news, aren't there schools around the country shutting down because some clown thing? I'm not very good at news stuff, but I don't know. But if a clown, all I have to say is if a clown came out of the woods and scared me, I'd hit him in the face with a baseball bat. So there you go. That's my that was my disturbed sense of humor as a child, and apparently now because I've done it, it to my children, you wrote no, the no, joke? no, 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 no. Okay, you all know, right. I'm just saying it was like it was what I found funny as a child, which is. <laughs> weird. And now my children find it funny because I've taught it to them. My husband's like, what is wrong? Why would you tell them that joke? I was like, well, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. It's funny. So there and, you go. Uh, okay. I have to tell you that I was watching your um, parody of the Adele song where your daughter's yeah. leaving. Yeah. And I think the concept of leaving home, like just, well, I'm going to run away, like never occurred to my children. <laughs> oh, they watched the video. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and then two of my boys were plotting it. Like, well, no. when, when when mom and dad go to sleep, I'll go wake you up and then we'll go grab some candy. And they had this whole elaborate. Oh, yeah. And I hear them whispering. Yeah. I'm like, I can hear you right now planning. <laughs> and they woke up the next day. They're like, darn it. We forgot to wake up. <laughs> we forgot to wake up. Yeah. I used to grow up um, spending summers with my cousin at her house. And we always had this plan where we'd get up in the middle of the night and we'd have our what we called a midnight snack. Mm. And it was always Pringles because yeah. we never bought Pringles in my house, but they always brought Pringles. Mm. And we would have this plan that we would get up at midnight and have a midnight snack. But every night, somehow we happened to fall asleep and we would never have our midnight snack. And it's, it's still so, an ongoing joke. It's a frustrating thing to make all these plans and then not come to fruition. But if my children run away, I'm solely blaming you. Like, yeah, you can do that. They'll make it to the corner. They'll come right back. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, one one of them was two or three. He's like, I'm going to the zoo. Could not convince him the zoo was closed. It was like 8 p.m. (laughs) I'm I'm going to the zoo. All right, fine. He's like, I'll just take the bus. He's three years old. I said, the bus costs money. So we handed him a $5 bill and he stood on the corner because the bus used to go by our house. He li- he just stood on the corner at 8 p.m. Oh. with his $5 oh bill. We have pictures of it. <laughs> totally determined to go to the zoo. And then all of a sudden, my husband opens the door and he goes, he goes, hey, we've got some cheese. You want some cheese? <laughs> yeah, I'll take some cheese. Zoo plans shot. No more zoo. We're just going to get some cheese. I would cancel any plans for cheese. Yeah. So I understand. We are like like-minded people. Cheese me and your is son. amazing. The problem is I could spend all day talking <laughs> about food um, and things of that nature. So we probably want to just, okay, we'll just curve this conversation. So instead, tell me about your family. Who's in your family? Introduce me to them. That's where we're going to go My family is awesome. Yes, I would love to tell you about them. I am married to my husband, Brandon, and our 15th anniversary is this December, which is so exciting. Congratulations. Uh, I actually got married two weeks after I turned 19. And wow. people thought we were crazy, but it was the best thing I have ever done in my entire life. He is the most extraordinary man in the whole world. And anything good in me is Jesus and my husband. So I love him and I'm so honored to be his wife. And we have three kiddos together and they are crazy. They are good. they are all on stun. We have what somebody once told me. We have a family of five leaders. Mm, There's- I got that going on over here. It's good times. Yeah, yeah. Leading leaders yeah, is, is my favorite. 
not. It, it's my, it's no, not, not, no, not. It's not. I just, I hold on to that hope that one day they're going to be extraordinary leaders, mm-hmm. but right now they're just horrible followers, mm-hmm. horrible followers. So mm-hmm. my children are amazing, but they are wide open all the time. Emerson is going to be nine this week. And my boys Sutton and Foster are seven and five, mm. and they are not named after Sutton Foster, the Broadway singer. People ask me that all the time. And of course I never That's thought hilarious. of it. I don't even know that singer. Okay. Okay. She's very famous and people always think that I did a little smart thing there, but I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do that. <laughs> my two, my last two are Watts. I'm not kidding. I have a son named Watts, like your last name, and Knox. And my older boys are always like, why would you name them that? It's really hard to say. Watts, Knox, Watts, Knox. I didn't, (laughs) like, they came one at a time. We picked a name one at a time. I didn't think about saying all your names at once, so. No, it's like you had been reading Dr. Seuss to your first one for a long time, and it's like Watts and Knox and Knox on blocks. Well, and and, and then, yeah, so we had pictures of Dr. Seuss in his baby room. How did you know? Yes, Mr. Knoxer. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did read Dr. Seuss, in fact, so it just infiltrated my naming system. Uh, Okay, so you have all these people, and you have people, and so you're doing lots of cool stuff. What cool thing do you want to talk about first? I I loved just meeting you in person and just could sense this vibe of joy and a little bit of snark. Is that a good word? <laughs> I think that that's a great description for me. Yes. And I, I would say that you have captured me fully there. Um, yes. And um, yeah, I, I, I loved meeting you too. And I just... For me, I feel like the thing that God has put in my heart and the thing that I love to bring to other women and to other moms especially is the concept of a life of joy and freedom. Mm. And um, yes, I do that with a little snark as well. I can't help it. I try. Sometimes I try so hard to be that like really nice, sweet person. No, no, don't be her. Don't be her. Yeah. You just, you want to be like, there's 5% that's her 5%. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Sometimes my husband would like me to be her. (laughs) (laughs) Every husband wants her, but no. Yeah. Right. Like you could be a little, you could be sweet sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be spicy. We like spicy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So what has driven you to this joy freedom message? Was there a part of your story that made that be more of a passion for you? There really is. I think for me growing up, um, I spent so much of the early part of my life up into my early twenties pursuing God's love for me. Mm. Um, I spent so much time spending my wheels, uh, and, and I've known God from a young age. I've always had a deep love for God. It's something that's always been in me. I have believed his love for me. I've believed his grace and his salvation for me. But I could never come to terms with the fact that I was fully loved just as I was. And that Mm -hmm. if I operated out of an overflow of God's love, my life would look very different than if I were to operate out of an earning God's love mentality. And I spent so many years trying to earn God's love without even realizing it. And that is just a life of bondage because Mm -hmm. we can never do enough to earn God's love for us, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I came into a place in my um, early 20s, really, where I kind of came up against a wall. At that point in time, I was a professional musician. I was pursuing a record deal. I'm a um, singer-songwriter by trade. And it's all good stuff. I was doing ministry stuff, you know? Right, right, right. But I was so miserable. I was so Mm -hmm. depleted. Mm -hmm. And... I was so tired. I just was exhausted. And I came to a point where I thought, you know, I cannot do this anymore. I can't continue to try to prove myself. Who am I proving myself for? And I I got to a point where I got real with God. Um, I spent some time with a counselor, which I highly recommend to anybody who just feels so, so heavy in life. And I said, God, I can't do it anymore. And so I'm done. I'm done doing this. I I'm going to either just buy in fully to the idea that you love me for who I am and that I don't have to earn your love or prove myself to you. Um, and I need you to come through for me on that end. And he did because what he brought me was the greatest freedom that I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And he gave me such a passion for sharing that with others. And now in this season of my life and motherhood, especially sharing that with moms, um, 
motherhood is so, and, and you know this, there are so many burdens. There are so many heavy things that we're tempted to carry around as moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many things that we want to take responsibility for that really are not ours to take responsibility for. They're the Lord's. And we always kind of come come to this place where we have a choice to make. Are we going to walk in the freedom that God's given us, realize that we're fully loved, fully known, just as we are, that we don't have to be perfect for Him to love us, and that He is sufficient to care for us and our children? Or are we going to try to grasp for control in that moment? And so I, I love encouraging women and moms as they're walking through this crazy season um, to lay those heavy things down, you know, at the foot of the cross, because uh, Jesus talked about it in Matthew 11. He said, let's let's make a trade. Come to me if you're weary and you're burdened, and I'm going to give you rest for your soul. Mm. You know, take my yoke on you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And anytime that we sense that our spirits are just heavy, we've got to stop and say, wait a second. Okay. Heaviness is not what Jesus promised us. This is not what he offered us. So I'm not operating like Jesus wants me to operate right now. So that's kind of, that's kind of my battle cry when it comes to, um, you know, life, motherhood, womanhood, all those things is let's function fully as God intended for us to function because then we're going to be better moms. We're going to be better wives. We're going to be better friends. We're going to be better bosses and workers and all of those things when we just, when we let him be God and we just rest in it, you know? Girl, were you in my quiet time this morning? (laughs) I'm literally not even joking. I, uh, do you ever do the first 15 devotion? Have you heard of that? first 15, like the first 15 minutes I've, of the day. Have you heard of that? I've seen the first five. You know, this is like a uh, Jim Dennison's son or something like that he's a, anyway, a parenting expert. It's his no. son who's a worship leader and it's okay, an cool. awesome, like little devotional and then a worship song and then a meditation prayer time. And it was all on. Oh, that a, sounds awesome. Yeah. Y'all just subscribe to that. Uh, but it was on abiding in God's love. And I was just mm. like swooshed over me this, how often do I try to muster it? Like, yeah, I'm going to love God or I'm going to love my kids or I'm going to love. And just like you were saying, he has so much love for us. If we would just rest in that, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove it. We don't have to make it happen. And there was a verse um, that I found in my 12-step recovery program that everyone here has heard me talk about. It's in the message, John 5, 39 through 40. It says, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. That makes me think of like the striving, the keep signing up for Bible studies kind of thing. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am standing right before you. And you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. Right. Come on that. It's amazing. Like, just stand, be held, be comforted by Jesus. He is right there with the abundant and he's life. Not, he's not a God. Yeah, he's not a God who forces. No. Which is amazing. You know, it's like he stands and, and this this verse, section of verses in Matthew 11, too. I love that because it's he has the same posture. It's come to me. He's not, you know, when I want my kids to come to me and we're in the grocery store and they've just knocked over an entire crate full of wine, which has happened for me in the grocery store. So I use that example because it comes to mind because yes, it's reality. Because it's real. But, you know, I, I reach out and I yank, get, oh, get over here. You know, it's in one of my finer parenting moments. Get yep. over here and pull them to me. And that is not the posture of our Heavenly Father. He stands there with his arms open and he's like, man, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. I'm not going to force your hand. But here I am, you know, come to me. And, he, and it's like, hey, come receive, make this exchange, come abide, be in me, Mm -hmm. but it's your choice. I'm not going to force you because that's no way to have a relationship with anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Same way that my, I didn't do anything for my children when I yanked them over to me. There's nothing loving about that. There's nothing tender and God is everything loving and tender for us. Um, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I I just, I love that concept. Um, and that's the freedom you're talking about because we could be doing the same things in our Christian lives or mom lives from two different source places. Right. So we can be, I could be signing up for all the things at church and signing up for all the things to help my kids and be completely exhausted because it's coming from 
this I must do it uh, to prove and to gain love. Or we can do it from this place of overflow. I've been with Jesus. I know that he loves me already. And because of that, I can't wait to be generous. Like you and I were talking about, it's great to know generous people like Jeannie yes, yes. Uh, Cunyon, Onion. Jenny Cunyon, who connected <laughs> us, like just generous yes. people that are willing to give because it's coming. They they know the abundant love of Jesus. So they're it's not work. It's not yeah. exhausting. Um, but you on the outside, it can look like the same behavior. To- that's totally true. And yeah. I think it's a constant asking of what is my role to play mm. in whatever this is, God? Like, am I t- am I taking on and assuming your your role? Yeah. In this situation here, or am I simply operating as your child who's fully, completely loved by you? Mm-hmm. You know, because, and that that's kind of what you're saying, I think, with these these two different dimensions of the choices we make and the things that we do. It's really a heart issue, and mm-hmm. everything for Him comes back to our hearts. It's mm-hmm. a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And really, are we submitting and saying, you're God, I'm not? Or are we saying, I, you know, not not even that I'm God, but... I'm going to make sure that you know that I think you're God and that I'm not because he doesn't need that from us. He just needs for us to rest in him. He just mm-hmm. needs us to go, I'm okay just as I am. I love um, Brennan Manning who wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, and he he was just, everything he did came back to this concept of grace and truth. And I just remember I, I had the privilege to hear him speak a couple of years ago at a conference that I was um, kind of an event organizer for and got to even spend time with him, which for me was an amazing thing because yeah. I just eat his writing up. And I remember him sitting there and sharing like he's written and spoken so many times in his works. But do you realize that if you never do anything again, if you never do anything of value, perceived value in the world, if you never get off your sofa another another day in your life, if you, if you never... Uh, have another parenting success or make another dime to your name that you are fully loved by God just as you are right now. He can't love you more and he can't love you less. You're fully loved. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that was just such a radically life-changing concept because for me growing up, I did not feel that unconditional love from my earthly father. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love him. I respect him. We have a great relationship. But that was not what I had. And it took so long for me to realize, wait a second, I can't, I can't put the attributes of man on my father in heaven. Mm. He is so drastically different. And it's a trust issue, really, because when we trust him, we're okay to rest in him. Mm. You know, but we've got, we have to trust his faithfulness. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> okay. So there's a gal listening and she can identify with this. She does not have the image of unconditional love from an earthly father in her mind. What helped you transition that and and believe? Because we can know in our head, like the separation between our head and our heart, we can know that God loves us. We can know, we can sing the song, you're a good, good father and all this stuff. But how did you get that from head knowledge to your heart? How'd you close the gap? It, it's, a, it's a hard process, but at the same time, it's a pretty simple process. Mm in the sense that sometimes we have to make a decision to believe something that we don't feel and we have to trust that our feelings are going to follow. And in this process where God was just stripping away everything in me, that was me and helping me to understand that, man, there's nothing good in me. You know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing I can do for him in that process. um, He had to, get me to a place where I had to make some of those decisions mentally and say, you know what, I'm going to step out. I may not understand this. I may not feel this thing here. I may not, may not totally even trust you. I know in my, my head, I should trust you. I don't necessarily feel in my heart that I can trust you because I've been failed. We're, you know, we're failed by everybody mm-hmm. and we're all going to fail people. Right. But sometimes we have to make that active decision to say, I'm going to build my life around this truth right here. And I'm going to trust that you're going to be faithful and that my feelings are going to follow. And um, he was faithful to do that for me because that's all he can be. That's mm-hmm. all he can be as faithful. All he can be is 100% true and good to us. But I had to make an active choice to say, I'm going to set aside my 
my earthly perceptions of what a father is. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to dig through your word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to abide in you. And I'm going to surround myself with so much truth and say, okay, this is what I'm making a choice here. I am, this is my anchor and I am, I am stuck to it. No matter what, this is what I'm going to believe. God, help me to believe, you know, help Mm -hmm. me to believe and help my, my faith to lie in this truth right here and that the lies of the enemy would not have a place in the middle of this. And God help my feelings to follow. And he does that because the more, the more we trust him, the more we learn his faithfulness, Mm. you know, and sometimes it's, it's that way. It's not always, we, we think he's faithful. So we trust him. Sometimes we have to trust him to learn his faithfulness. Yeah. And to, it's, there's such mystery in the things of God that goes against like that control you were talking about as moms, the control that sneaks up with our kids, the control, and even this, and even wanting, I want to believe heavenly father that you are for me and that I can trust you, but I don't feel it to believe and trust and not control that process. That Mm -hmm. slow moving process that he will turn your heart over to trust him, that he will turn your heart over to believe that he's for you and he'll do it. And it's not going to be fast food sometimes. Not, <laughs> right. It's going to be right. like this, this uh, slow grow process and yes. to believe him for that. But let's, let's talk about this control. Cause I think that's a hot button. I know for me, if I, if I think about my angry momness, like when I go to an angry place, you I'm get not, angry at true, your kids. Never. Yes, I do. Very angry. <laughs> confessions of real moms very angry every mom i think hides this right we hide this but we do we do i i believe it's a symptom from something else and for every person that's a different rooted thing for me it's a fear and the fear is a lack of control and having to go to that spot do you have the control the control issues yourself you kind of mentioned it Oh my word. Yes. <laughs> you I, I mean, I think, I think that's our biggest battle as moms and especially honestly, as, as believing moms, as mm-hmm. followers of Jesus, I feel like, man, culturally there's so much pressure on parents, but in the Christian culture, there's so much pressure yeah. on moms yeah. and so much of it is self-induced, obviously. I mean, it's, it's pressure I'm putting on myself that you're not putting on me, but my perception is that you're putting it on me. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a uh, survey a few months ago of about 300 women, moms, they were all moms. Nice. And yeah. And, and one of the first questions was, how do you basically, how do you feel like you're doing mm. in life as a mom in comparison to all the other moms around you, mm-hmm. all the other Christian moms? And this was for believing moms. Mm-hmm. Um, Two percent of three hundred women said they felt like they were doing as good of a job or better than their peers. Wow! That means ninety-eight percent of the moms felt like they were subpar. That's yeah. when they looked around them and they thought, "Man, I'm not doing as good of a job as whatever." Meanwhile, that person's looking and thinking the same thing about her. Right? It's just this this veil that we hide behind. Like, I don't want to put my ugly out there because everybody else seems to have it together. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. We struggle as human beings with control. It's it's part of our very sin nature, you know, mm-hmm. is that wanting to fix things, wanting to make things right, and then finding shame in the fact that we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, that is just a lie from the pit of hell because mm-hmm. God doesn't need our perfection. But I think as moms, um, for me, bringing this back to kind of that idea of the heavy loads, the burdens, and the fact that God says, there's a different way to live. You know, you can live in bondage to these things, to this sense of um, perceived control, or you can walk in freedom and let me be in control. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a choice, and he, he holds it there available to us, but he's not going to force our hand. And I think for me as a mom, one example uh, that I could give my my daughter is kind of like me as a kid. She she's always had this deep love for Jesus, and she's had this interest, and she loves to read her Bible and talk about spiritual things and pray. My boys are like you know making fart sounds during <laughs> prayer time. And oh, I have, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. You mm-hmm. have no idea. I just what, have what that I'm talking about times you know. two. Yeah, four of them farting. It's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Smell right. 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 It's then very we try smelly. to have like you know some family like devotion time, mm-hmm. and then somebody's 
for sure sent to bed early and somebody else has a consequence coming mm-hmm. and somebody's crying and mm-hmm. you know I'm like my my boys are never going to love Jesus. I I don't know what to do. I'm terrified that they're g- going to grow up mm-hmm. that they are going to walk away from faith. They're mm-hmm. not going to know him. And and that is a heavy I am joking about it but that like that's a heavy thing. Yeah. You know, and that's one example I think for believing moms that we carry this heavy concept around like you know what? I'm going to love my kids to Jesus. I'm going to no matter what, my job is to make sure that their salvation is secure, that they know Christ. There's always this element of truth in the heavy things that we carry, mm. but it's not our job to do those things. Christ says, wait a second, that's heavy. That's my job. You're carrying around my job. You, It's impossible for you to love your children to Jesus. Mm. It's not possible. The only person that can love our children to Jesus is Jesus. The only people that can bring them to the foot of the cross is Jesus. All we can do as moms is say, okay, number one, I'm going to present you with as much truth as I can. You know, the light load is God says, it's not that you don't have a responsibility. You do, but here's what you do. You do what I made you to do and equipped you to do. You present them with truth and you show them what a life looks like pursuing Jesus. Live out your faith in front of your children. Give them ample opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ. Show them what it looks like to be a Jesus person. Everything else, that's between me and your child. That's between me and your child. This is not a you thing. Mm. And that's just one for me. I know one element of control that I'm constantly having to bring back to the foot of the cross and say, oh, you know what? I need to make this exchange with you again. I've got to make this trade because this thing is heavy for me and it's not my job. And I'm trying to play God. Mm. I cannot be their God. I'm not their God, you know? Mm. And uh, that's even a when word, it comes down to girl. Their, Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. No, when it, Preach it. <laughs> I, I, obviously, I care about it um, mm-hmm. a lot. And it's something that I, you know, I don't say this as somebody who has it all together. I am making this trade all the time. But I love that the scripture also says that God daily bears our burdens. And I love that because I think daily we have to lay them down. He mm-hmm. knows that we're daily people. Sometimes it's it's hourly or minutely, you know, mm-hmm. we, we lay it down and we pick it back up, but he's so gracious because he, he knows like, listen, every time you lay that thing down, I'm going to pick it back up for you. And every mm-hmm. time you take it back, I'm going to stand here with my arms open and say, remember, wait a second. This is a miserable existence. Give it back to me. Make the trade. Do the things I made you to do. Well, when it, when it comes to, you know, my children's decision-making, for instance, yeah. um, again, it's that sense of control. I want them to make the right choices. It's impossible. Again, all we can do is teach them the difference between right and wrong. Teach them what God says about how to live a godly life, not because He's looking for us to follow the rules, but because He knows that within that is safety and wholeness and fullness of life, you know? So Mm -hmm. we present that to them. But if my children become teenagers, and they even make stupid choices now, but as they grow up, the choices they make are between them and God. All I can do is show them what it looks like to make good choices, you know, discipline them when they don't make good choices as long as they are under my roof and under my jurisdiction and everything else. Again, that's a God thing. So it's this constant, it's like a, a two column tally list, you know, where I, in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a second. Okay. If this, if this thing right here is all consuming to me and my kid, you know, my son's getting in trouble in school all the time right now, which he is. (laughs) Um, yes, I I understand that as well. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) You don't don't know anything about that. Um, I love it. My teacher's my children's teachers literally have me on speed dial. It's amazing. Yeah, it's good. Um, but anyway, you know, I just, I have to remind myself because it's so easy to take those things on ourselves and mm-hmm. to wear those as our identities as moms. And the truth is our identities are, we are fully loved children of God. We are going to mess up. We're fully loved children of God. We're fully loved mothers, even in our imperfection. I'm not going to take on their mess as my mess. They don't need to take my mess on as their mess. What we just need to realize is that all of us are a mess and all of us need Jesus. And that my children need Jesus and he knows that he's going to be faithful to my children. He knows what they need. He knows what they need better than I do any day of the week. That's really, I think you just set a ton of moms free and they may have never even considered that it's not their job to fully love their kids to Jesus. Uh, I heard a gal at our recovery program um, talk about codependency. And I think that this is, it's a, a very easy place to find ourselves as moms is to take on the role of thinking for our children, feeling for our children, kind of denying our own feelings and thinking and 
I even find myself, this is where the whole God-centered thing came from, was becoming so child-centered and looking down to them and dictating how they behave uh, instead of looking to God and like Him filling me. So then my children behave because they're seeing it modeled and they're feeling the love rather than me just like micromanaging every scenario, which again is a daily struggle for me to not micromanage every word that comes out of their mouth, every action that they do. But then the whole sure. salvation part, the, the beyond just behavior, so you look good and I look good and my te- the teachers stop calling. Beyond that, <laughs> like to know that they're s- eternally secure and that weight, uh, I think of the mom who didn't grow up in a Christian home and she's right. freak- freaking out that she's going to fail in this. I'm right. reminded that God pursued her. Right. Salvation found yes. her. And the same God who cares for her and pursued her is the same God who's pursuing our kids. He right. has something for them. We just pray over them and do our part, like you said, in presenting truth and and grace and prayer. <laughs> like all yes, the trifecta. Because for her he found her without her having been yes, prayed you know, for spoon fed truth yes. by her parents. Yes. And so what yes. what what a better situation for our kids to grow in homes where they are surrounded and presented by that truth. And ultimately his love for our children is so deep and it's so much deeper than ours, but we tend to look at it, or at least I do, through the lens of how I love my children, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's going, I, I see the big picture here. I love your kids so much more than you do. You have no concept of that. Just hands off, hands mm-hmm. off on this thing. Just pick up your stuff, do your stuff. Let me do my stuff. And, um, and one of your stuff, he's able to think that he is one yeah. of your things. You were just telling me, well, first you're telling about how you had pneumonia and then how you're, yeah. um, launching your book, feel free to laugh. And then yeah. on Monday, when I think this episode is going to release, we're just going to let Satan do all his damage at once. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're headed. Did you say Romania? Did I just make that up? Yes. Romania. I'm headed to Romania. I'm super excited about that. about that. Um, what's that? Yeah. So I have a nonprofit, um, a small nonprofit that works in partnership with one of my best friends who is um, Romanian and she has a ministry there and God has just called her and really set her life apart to work with the Roma people who we call the gypsies, tend to call them gypsy in Western culture. Um, And some people kind of see that as derogatory, but for them it's not derogatory and it's kind of the cultural term that people can identify this people group with. So we go over and we do all kinds of work with them, different um, projects. We have a project where we take families over and uh, families with young children, so our kids' ages, we work with them for six, eight months to raise money to build a playground in a gypsy village on the property of an existing ministry so it can be used, used as a tool for ministry. And then we take the families over with us that have raised the money, and we go build these playgrounds, do a big vacation Bible school, and a huge kickoff party. And um, that's one of my favorite projects because we go and we are teaching families that, number one, their kids are able to do ministry from a young age. Mm. and they're capable of so much more than they realize that they are. And then it, it gives them this global perspective from the world. You know, my, my six-year-old went this year, and God already has expanded his concept of the world and God's heart for the world from a young age so that it's, I want it to be a normal thing for children to realize they can go anywhere and do anything for the kingdom of God. And not just to think, well, I go in high school on a mission trip, which is great, but man, if we can get them young, they realize there's no limits to whatever it is that God calls them to. Um, well, and then them, I'm going, it, yeah, well, it's them seeing you pursuing God in his work and them getting absolutely. invited along. Like you're painting the picture. I think um, I've always tried to give that message to moms. Like don't give up the ministries God's called you to. Yes, your home yeah. is your first place, but there's also something burning in your heart when you're at the place where your kids are, you know, maybe out of diapers and not napping and you have yeah. a little more space in your life. Don't neglect those things for sports. And I mean, maybe sports is your ministry. I'm not even whatever your ministry is. Just yeah. don't just turn to your kids and let them dictate your lives and your schedules, because I yes. think that short changes their potential for them to be countercultural and to do bigger things than what we think they can do. Yeah. Invite them into what you're doing. You know, I love that. My husband, even this is so funny. My husband works in corporate America. Um, and he decided when the kids were 
around five, my daughter was five, he decided that every so often, every couple months, he was going to take one of the kids to work with him for the day. And he didn't ask anybody. He just thought, these are my kids. They're coming with me. Every day is and take your does. kids to work day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But he still does that. And he takes my children to the office with him and they spend the day and they get to see him being Jesus in the workplace. It's so cool. So I think whatever we do, we invite our kids into it. And you're right. It just changes their entire perspective mm-hmm. on life. It's it, They realize there's so much more out there. So mm-hmm. I love that. I love that we get a chance to do that with kids. Um, and then next week, I'm taking a group of women to do a women's conference with Roma Women, which is going to be a really, really neat thing for these women that never even get to leave their villages. It's um, a, just a really crazy, crazy culture. Uh, extremely poor and uneducated, and we just get a chance to love on them and be Jesus to them for a while. So I'm super excited. It's going to be awesome. Well, Jordan, I just appreciate you and the message you have of freedom for moms in particular and for women. Thank you for preaching it. It's gospel. It's truth. Literally everything you said is in this 12-step recovery program that I've been working through, like recognizing that we are not our own God, that God is God, to stop building our own kingdom, to recognize he gave us a spirit to lead us Mm. and to be just Mm. filled to the brim with his love, not trying to earn it, but recognize it's right there for us. So you are right in line with the gospel, girl. It's good. Wow. That's a good thing. That's, that's <laughs> it's not the heresy. only place to be. There's Otherwise, no I'm a mess. coming out of your mouth. <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, where can they find you online? Where can people find you? You can find me. My website is feelfreetolaugh.com. Super easy. And is on social two, media. Is, is it a two or is it a T-O? T-O. Okay, yeah, feelfreetolaugh.com. And on social media, um, on Facebook, um, just search Feel Free to Laugh. And Twitter and Instagram, I'm on there. And you can find my new book, Feel Free to Laugh, which I'm super excited about. It's crazy. It released uh, yesterday, actually. So it's kind of like my fourth child I just delivered, but I have not lost 15 pounds in an hour like I did with my mm, other three. So, so that's kind of sad. Yeah. I gained the same amount of weight when I you know, was in gestation with the, <laughs> with the book, but I didn't lose it that fast. So it's I've kind of depressing. Happens. I've heard this happens. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Mm. There was, there was like some brownie eating while I wrote, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, mm-hmm. um, the book is on Amazon and it's, the title is hashtag feel free to laugh all one word, but you can search it just by feel free to laugh as well. And I hope that everybody loves it and enjoys it. It is um, laughter and lessons in motherhood and hopefully just great encouragement to moms to, to laugh and to walk in the freedom that God has called Uh, all of us to because there's no better place to be okay can you end on your poop story can i yes i i love a good poop story at the end of the every episode i end in a poop story i'm just kidding no (laughs) the the famous the chick-fil-a one let's just say it and then they can read about it okay yeah i'll I'll give you the very cliff's note version you got it you got it um, I will give you that version. Yeah. So there's, there's a story that went, um, kind of viral on the internet that, um, I, of all the things I ever thought I would be known for, I did not think it was going to be the Chick-fil-A poop story lady, you know? Um, <laughs> hey, at least it's not a Chewbacca things- mask or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Of all the things I've ever written, um, this is the thing I'm most known for. So mm. there, you go. there you go. The one thing that had no spiritual um, value whatsoever, but it was funny. And sometimes people just need to laugh. So we had an incident about two years ago um, where I took my, my son and a couple of my friend's kids to Chick-fil-A and through a long series of events, the little boy who was my friend's son ended up in the men's restroom without me realizing. And I'm not a neglectful parent. <laughs> I'd had the other two in the women's bathroom and somebody was supposed to be watching him. And it was this whole thing. So he snuck in there when I was out of pocket. I came back, thought he was in the play area. Pretty soon I was pulled aside by an employee who was like, ma'am, is that your is that your boy in the bathroom? And I said, no, no, all my kids are in the play place. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, I felt sure that he was, but then I, like almost sure. So I went in there, started calling names, and I thought, oh, my gosh, he's not answering. Maybe he is in the bathroom. I went back, and as I walked toward the bathroom in Chick-fil-A, I started hearing this, like, screaming and wailing. And, you know, if it's not your kid um, who's crying after you have a couple kids, you just kind of tune it out. The filter. It's the mom filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there had been, like, this screaming, but I just assumed mine were fine, so I didn't hear it. Mm -hmm. So I, I went back and opened the door to the men's bathroom 
And the only way for me to describe this is just that the entire bathroom was desecrated Mm. with. And this little guy had gone in there and he had tried to get onto the potty. He had tried to get onto the urinal. He had tried to get everywhere, apparently, because there was poop everywhere. And then he had tried to clean up the poop yeah. with, paper, uh, with toilet paper, yeah. which then disintegrated into little pieces everywhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I walked in and my problem is this, and you can read about this on my blog, but I, I already had a history at this Chick-fil-A with um, two other incidents where my daughter peed at the top of the playground oh. and then my son um, projectile vomited on a bunch of people eating in the restaurant <laughs> in time. So I already had this background there, right? You had two strikes already. I did. And my third strike sent me over the edge. So the problem was that when I walked into this men's bathroom, I started laughing to the point of hysteria (laughs) because I could not believe this was happening. So I spent 20 minutes sobbing, laughing, and the Chick-fil-A employees are staring at me like I'm crazy. And I've got this naked kid and I tell them to bring me cleaning stuff and I'm going to clean up this bathroom And I do, and I'm just laughing the whole time. The other kids are in the play area, and I'm praying they're okay. And to top everything off, um, you've got to read it to get the whole picture. But to top it off at the end, by the time I get everything cleaned up and I'm still laughing and unable to speak, I take the little boy and I put him in the sink in the bathroom because he's naked and covered in poop. (laughs) And I start to clean him, and the door opens, and there's a Chick-fil-A employee in there with me as well. But the door opens, and this like 50-year-old man walks in. Oh, no next to us. And it's like, this is a normal everyday occurrence for him. Like he walks into the men's bathroom at Chick-fil-A and he sees a woman <laughs> and a naked kid covered in poop in the sink and a Chick-fil-A employee because he walks in, he kind of just <laughs> looks at us and kind of nods his head and walks around me no. exactly to my right, 12 inches. I am not kidding. No. <laughs> Unzips his pants no. and starts peeing in the urinal. Oh my and stars. I'm looking around thinking, is this real life? Have I entered like another dimension of life? What is happening? And I looked over at him and I just started screaming, laughing. I could not stop. I'm like, this dude is standing next to me at the urinal, peeing in the urinal while I'm bathing a poop covered kid in the sink. This is not real life. And he's acting like it's no big deal. Mm. Mm. And I didn't know Chick Fil A had the two gender bathrooms. This is a new thing. Uh, the, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't throw him start, off at all. I don't want to start he, something. Yeah, right, right, right. Yes, yes. So when he left, he uh, he didn't wash his hands, and I don't blame him because we were currently using the sink. Yeah, and he just kind of nodded his head and walked out. And the, this teenage Chick Fil A employee, this guy standing with me in the bathroom, was like the size of headlights. <laughs> he did not. He did not know what to do. Um, and so I ended up getting all of, all of the dirty clothes in a bag. I carried this kid naked out over my shoulder, crying, laughing through the restaurant, where I come out and the entire restaurant is staring at me because they've been listening for 20 minutes. No. And I grab my kids and we leave. And that's just like another day in my life. It just is. Weird things happen to me. That's all I can say. Another day in my life. It happened. It's bizarre. It's in the book. The other Chick another Chick fil A story is in the book as well. So you need to read those. Um, because if nothing else, you'll feel like a little less crazy. And when bad things happen to you, you'll think, well, it could be worse, you know? It could be worse um, and you survive. And the best part, yeah, the best part of all this is that I'm having my official book signing this Saturday night at that Chick fil A and my table is gonna be set up right in front of the bathrooms. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate it. I've had my poop stories, my pee stories. <laughs> I was having like a moment with one of my sons, like spoon feeding on my youngest and in the, our kitchen, our living room area, or sorry, dining room area. And all of a sudden I hear some, feel something hit my back. And I realized my son <laughs> is swinging a soaking wet pull up and the insides have exploded <laughs> out of it, releasing urine filled granules all over our kitchen where we eat on me no the precious moment was bad enough when that goes through the laundry yeah that's not good that's worse that's not good no no but this is worse they do not clean up well they smear they don't they smear they don't just get scooped right up it was i mean i had no idea i just had no idea this was an (laughs) option 
I have no idea. Some of the things my boys do, I think, huh, I didn't even know not to tell you not to do that. Like, right, right, right. Don't swing a full pull up in a circle because the insides will shoot out and oh, splay yeah. I mean, the things that you around. say to mm-hmm. your kids, you're like, I never knew I would say that. Like, do not go in the garage and pee on the lawnmower again. Yeah. Don't like, pour apple juice my on my precious Roomba. It will, <laughs> it will die. Don't do that. That's exactly That's right. Don't friend. paint paint your eyelids with eye, uh, nail polish. This it, is not a good idea. It's not good for your eyes, and it's not what my nail polish was meant for. You That's know? Not, that reminds me of that David. That was for my son, yeah. not for my daughter. Well, <laughs> it's always the book. <laughs> David Thomas in the book Wild Things, he talked uh, about two boys painting their testicles green with green nail polish because <laughs> they want to be the Hulk. This is what happens. This is what boys do. It's true. I'm going to cough my pneumonia cough right now or laugh my pneumonia <laughs> laugh because that's that's about to send me over the edge. That's amazing. That's good, right? Hulk. That is good. Hulk testicles. <laughs> oh, oh Jordan, you're great. Thank you for the laughs. Thank you for the truth, more importantly. And have Thank a great you. trip to Romania with those women. Thank you. That's super exciting. Thank you so much for having of me. Course. I'm so excited to be with you. Of course. So fun. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. I hope that Jordan not only made you laugh, but she lifted you up and removed some of the burdens you've been carrying. Another thing, I know this is a long episode, but I wanted to remind you, my friend Erica Sturgeon, she owns honeybeeboutique.co. Go check her out. She has an adorable t-shirt and um, a wide neck sweatshirt that's super cute. And it has a famous quote from my guest Grammy, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. I get so many comments on it when I wear it. I want you to get one, too, because they're so cute and comfy. And when you do, Erica is sweet enough to give some of the proceeds back to the God Center Mom podcast so I can keep doing this. So thank you for supporting the show. Thank you all for telling your friends. I mean, I'm getting so many great emails and messages from people who are still just finding the show. So thank you. That's all because of you and you being just super kind to me and really to God be the glory because if you found encouragement, if you've been pointed back to him, that is why I'm doing this for you, mom, to be God-centered, for you to turn your eyes off of what your friend is doing, turn your eyes off of crafting and perfecting these children to be uh, little trophies for us. But for us to just be seeking God, looking to him, allowing him to be in control, for us to follow in his footsteps, and then our children will just be right along with the plan he already prepared for them. All right, go and do all the things he has for you today in his grace. Talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.